Blog Talk Radio.
Grand Rising and Better Love, you are listening to the Truth to Power show with Eddie Rodriguez and I'm Beverly, and we are celebrating Women's History Month with Cecilia Cruz here, and uh, she is the queen of salsa music. How are you doing, Eddie Rodriguez? Oh, Beverly, I'm, I'm doing mighty fine. Thank you for having me once again on your program, Truth. To power uh, every Thursday 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, to celebrate and talk about uh, a woman that was uh, um, very, very important in the Latin music industry, uh, the late, great Shelly Cruz. Uh, we were always, uh, um, we will always consider her as the queen of Latin music and the queen of salsa. And uh, in view of uh, a, another topic uh, that we would normally do on a Thursday night, uh, this was the appropriate uh, time to celebrate Shelly's um, uh, legacy with her music and some talk about my own experience with knowing Shelly from in the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s uh, before she passed. Uh, wonderful lady. Uh, the husband of Pedro Knight, wonderful man, uh, and the executor of her estate today, Omer Pardillo, who has kept her legacy alive um, in Miami with his um, Sally Cruz Museum and Sally Cruz uh, uh, tribute concert tours and uh, so many other things. It was a soap opera about Sally um, that was uh, very popular in the Spanish um, television uh, networks. So you know, it, it you know, all in all, you know, we, we're celebrating music that with and a person that is very important to us, and I'm grateful to you for allowing us to come to your listeners tonight and share some of that experience and share some of the music of the late great Celia Cruz, the queen of Latin music. Well, it's my honor. Uh, to have you here and to uh, introduce this music to for those of us that was not familiar with it. So I'm enjoying it, and I'm quite sure the listeners are enjoying it also. Now, the first song that we just heard with uh, Celia, with the late uh, great um, percussionist Ray Barreto, uh, she did a, a song uh, in Navi. Uh, it was a, uh, a duet with uh, Alberto Santiago. Nadie se salva de la rumba. No one is saved from the rumba. In other words, when you hear the, uh, that rumba music, <clears throat> what they were calling it, you know, not rumba music, it was salsa, but the, the, the feeling, you know, that no one is saved from, from, from moving, you know, from enjoying it right uh, that's the if that touches a uh that button and uh you know and everyone that uh that music uh that uh, is invisible what turns people you know alive sometimes and uh, when they hear it they get happy and Celia brought a lot of happiness to a lot of people and, uh, so i'm glad that you, know, you were able to invite us tonight to share this music uh with uh with your audience. And I was looking at some of her videos, and, I mean, she had that high energy herself when she was performing on stage. 
And, you know, Absolutely. you not only that, but you know, he's very humble. And it, didn't, it took up until the 90s that, you know, uh, even though she had been in the state since the 50s, uh, until the 90s to uh, become that um, person on, bigger than life on stage with costumes and her wigs and her, her high her heel shoes that were very especially made for her and her gowns. Uh, and you know, and her voice, and her charisma, and her smile, and her um, her genuine uh, love of the music and the people, her fans, uh, and the people around her that worked with her. Um, she she had a great appreciation for everyone. Actually, in the fifties, she was in Mexico. She was uh, back and forth from Cuba to Mexico, and it wasn't until the sixties that um, that she, she she was able to come to the U.S. She had met Tito Puente in Cuba uh, when he was there, and Tito Puente invited her to to sing uh, with her, uh, to sing with him and his orchestra on a radio show. And they used to have uh, American artists perform in, in Cuba, you know, Nat King Cole, uh, Dizzy Gillespie. They used to have radio um, programs that, you know, were a broadcast of a concert. And um, they, they were very successful. As a matter of fact, I went digging into those archives in Cuba once uh, under a under a uh, license from the uh, Treasury Department to find jazz and the um, jazz music from the archives of Egrim um, uh, Studios, which is the Cuban record label that that was releasing some of the great artists of that time until the revolution uh, and I was able to dig up uh, one uh, particular uh, uh, tape of uh, Dizzy Gillespie with Arturo Sandoval and uh, it was it's an incredible tape. I went to the Dizzy Gillespie estate at that time and I gave it to them and I told them that I wanted to release it and um, they said they'd get back to me but uh, you know I never heard from them again. I, I, didn't, I didn't want to release it without Having the estate of Dizzy Gillespie uh, have something to to do with it, since mm-hmm. uh, the from the Cuban, you know, from the record label told me, yeah, we'll give it to you on, under one condition that you're gonna you're gonna have the the estate of, uh, of Dizzy Gillespie, uh, you know, involved with it. And I said yes, and I did my part. It's still out there. I have the tape, <laughs> you know. So maybe one of these days, since we're not gonna sell it, we'll play it, you know, on your program. But uh, Yes, a lot of great stuff was happening in Cuba. Creative things were happening there, and Celia uh, Cruz was one of the ones that 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 made it uh, to the U.S. and became very very successful. Uh, another artist by the name of La Lupe also came to the states and was with Tito Puente before Celia Cruz ended up uh, recording with Tito Puente in the states. Uh, La Lupe had a tragic. Uh, Career and but uh, her music is is available. One one day we'll we'll do something on her, uh, just to. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I think you know Duca Puente's birthday. Duca Puente may he rest in peace. He would have turned 100 years old. Uh, mm. April. He was born April 20th, 1923. The same year my mom was okay. born. Okay. And um. So uh, for April, I'd like to do a Tito Puente series, and uh, I'm going to invite a few guests that worked with Tito, 
get them to share their experiences with people. So uh, yeah, best look for that. that but now, be interesting. But we got a lot of steady music to, for everyone tonight. So <laughs> let's, uh, let's okay. get back to the music. <laughs> All righty, here we go. Soy dulce como el melao, alegre como el tambor, llevo el rítmico tumbao, llevo el rítmico tumbao, que hace que en el corazón. Take this time to pay her 
interesting that was with the RMM label. Um, he was signed to RMM. Uh, Ralph Mercado, may rest in peace, was her personal manager for over 20 years. Uh, and, um, you know, Ralph is a very creative uh, impresario. And um, during the 90s, there was a movement happening with uh, with Cuban music. And um, Ralph is interested in, in, in some of those artists. And as a result, he started releasing music that, uh, with artists that were still uh, Cuban nationals. They were, uh, they were back and forth uh, to the Dominican Republic or Europe. And uh, before they decided to permanently, uh, you know, go to the U.S. and set up, uh, you know, do become an exile, you know, not now because now you can travel if you were a Cuban uh, uh, national and uh, have a residency in the U.S. You can travel back and forth to see your family in Cuba, but back then it wasn't too common. And um, uh, Seattle was very close to the exile community, the exile community in Miami. And um, for some reason or another, um, the um, community in Miami wasn't pleased with uh, Mr. Mercado's uh, involvement with... uh, a Cuban artist because he said uh, they were saying that uh, the, the the only benefit uh, that was going to come out of it was going to be to the Fidel Castro regime, um, uh, which had nothing to do with talent, you know. <laughs> but that was their uh, that was their position, so to speak. And uh, Celia became um, conflicted, you know, between that exile community and the person that had spent his career trying to help Celia get to where she is. And unfortunately, Celia decided to break ties with Ralph. I was with him that night that happened. Uh, uh, He was heartbroken. Um, uh, It was a big blow to him because he never expected something like that. Um, She would have told him, look, don't don't deal with these people from Cuba anymore, the talent from Cuba anymore because of people and I'm close to with in Miami or, or not happy with me that, that I'm with you because of that, you know, but that conversation never happened. It was just like, blank, boom, that was it. You know, she said, look, I, um, I have to cut ties and I have to move on. And uh, and it was sad. It was sad, 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 you know. Uh, Ralph used to look at, at her, you know, look up to her like not only a, a star, but like, you know, like a mom, you know, like someone that he that he loved so much, and that's why he spent so much money and uh, so much uh, of his um, entire, you know, career while with her uh, uh, creating that superstar we know today as uh, Senator Cruz. Uh, there's nobody else that was, uh, that was actually uh, 
interested in helping Celia. You know, he came to the he came to the to the table and said, hey, you know, this is what we want to do. And he was already doing big things with the Final All Stars. She became a member a member of the Final All Stars. Uh, Ralph was also at that time, you know, the, the manager for the late great Tito Puente. So he had a tour that, that went, you know, performed all over the world. Uh, that was called the King and Queen of Latin Music, Tito Puente and Santa Cruz. And it was uh, for years they did that show. And, um, and then from there, you know, I find all stars uh, appearances and touring and, and her own recordings after, you know, with, uh, with uh, Johnny Pacheco and Ray Barreto with Sonora Ponceña, Willie Colón. But her real uh, impact. Uh, in the Latin music community uh, was when Ralph was, uh, opened up his record label and started to invest millions of dollars to create that superstar we know today just without any radio play, without any any money to put his the tours together you know, and, and, and sell them to other countries. Uh, so they would have not been uh, known as an individual artist as she is today, and regarded as the queen of Latin music. He was the one that started that. You know? So it was sad, you know, Ralph. Uh, Ralph was very sad about that. And um, the, the next track uh, uh, we heard was with uh, Celia Cruz and uh, the La India, which is a, a popular salsa a female artist. And uh, I remember the day Celia and I were, uh, I was, I was on my way to the post office and, Celia used to have a P.O. box, so, you know, so she wouldn't get mail to her home. And I was, uh, we were both, her and her husband, Don Pedro, and me and my wife were on our way, and our son, Eddie, <clears throat> were on our way walking to the post office, and she said, Eddie, how you doing? And I said, oh, Sandy. She, she was our neighbor, you know, she lived in the townhouses. Mm-hmm. We lived in the, in the condo next to her. And so, <clears throat> and okay. Eddie... I want Eddie. She said, <clears throat> she said, "What she used to talk so sweet." She said, "Eddie, you have to do me. A, I want you to do me a favor." I said, "What is it, Sally? Anything?" She said, "Look, you know, India uh, wants me to baptize her because she's never been baptized. She you know, said it was a grown woman. Yeah, I mean, India was a grown woman, and she had asked Sally uh, <clears throat> to baptize her in the Catholic Church, and so she wanted me to handle, you know, all the details so she could do that, give her a date, you know, find out." And how we can, uh, how she can do that. And uh, lo and behold, uh, you know, I went to India, said, look, Sally asked me to do this, and um, this is what we have to do. And we went and did that, and then all of a sudden we had to take with the church for the baptism, and she baptized her as a you know, grown woman, but she was baptized as, a, as a, you know, a, you know, by Sally Cruz. <laughs> and Sally uh, Cruz, godmother. So that song, once again, was kind of relating to, to that um, uh, situation of godmother and a goddaughter um, mm. from the Catholic Church uh, in the faith uh, singing together. So it, it was a nice, nice, uh, nice event when that happened. Um, and so, but, uh, you know, Celia and, and I India didn't do much after that. Celia uh, was pretty much in the uh, Miami community 
and India was pretty much into uh, the Puerto Rico and New York community. And uh, even though Sandy had always lived in New York or New Jersey, um, you know, they didn't cross paths uh, that much uh, after the RMM uh, experience. And she went on and did, uh, Sandy went on and did some work with uh, Amita Stefan and his wife Gloria. And, and some of the tunes you're going to hear afterwards were uh, tonight are going to be, you know, those that were produced in Miami, but uh, most of the ones you're going to hear are, are the ones produced in New York uh, with RMM Records with some great recording producers or record producers, multi-Grammy winning record producers. One is by the name of Sergio George, an incredible composer, ranger, musician, band leader, a record producer uh, who lived in New York, now he lives in Miami. And the other one was uh, is uh, uh, by the name of Isidro Infante, who worked with Celia for many, many years. He used to accompany her uh, with his orchestra. He used to accompany Celia on her tours. Uh, and another remarkable Puerto Rican uh, composer, band leader, musician, uh, arranger, uh, that created a lot of the music you hear from Celia tonight. So uh, uh, kudos to those two no. record producers. Who made Celia sound amazing? <laughs> so, when did she become a superstar? What what uh, was she in the sixties or seventies when she became that superstar? I would, say, I would say that you know, Ralph. Uh, uh, I started that campaign with Tito in the eighties, and you know, Tito, well, actually in the seventies. She was already with Planet All-Stars, and uh, in the 60s, she had done things with Johnny Pacheco and Willie Cormong. So, um, you know, he was behind all of that. But uh, when she when she became a, uh, a superstar uh, was when was in her, in her career, you know. Um, I can tell you that uh, she's more famous now than she was when, when she was alive. Uh, she's uh, bigger than her life today. But all those things that happened throughout her career, don't forget, you know, singing, charisma, and, uh, you know, being able to to have that uh, presence um, to, 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 to communicate or, and, and have, uh, um, you know, a back and forth with the audience, so to speak, uh, uh, is very special. But it's only one part of a career. You know, the other part is, you know, stamina, you know, be able to tour. Uh, the other part is, you know, the recording studio, being able to go into the studio and uh, and do your job in the studio. Uh, another part is uh, having a, a record label that uh, that will uh, will you know invest in uh, the touring and the recordings and the publicity and the and the gowns and the you know outfits that that uh, you know uh, become stage attire and you become known for. Mm-hmm. Well, that started in the '90s, uh, pretty much. That uh, that presence on stage that made her big look, uh, look uh, bigger than life, and special and unique. Um, mm-hmm. So yes, that was the '90s up until you know, Sony uh, did some things with uh, Emilio and her and, and Gloria, um, and they invested money in her as well. So yeah, it wasn't until late into 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 Celia Cruz's career that um, she became very well known. She was always loved right? everywhere, everywhere she went, mm-hmm. every country. I mean, 
it was it was there. But superstardom, uh, I think uh, that came. Uh, you know, the foundation was built already with Ralph and uh, Tommy Mottola and, and and the folks or Oscar Lord. I think may may have been the one that was there at Sony that. Uh, that took these projects and, and made them, you know, made her even bigger. So uh, we got a lot to thank them. And uh, but, but definitely the the credit goes to to Ralph, who, who believed in her when nobody else did. So. Yeah. And again, That's how good. long did her? How long did her and Ralph stay together? Did they work together? Thirty something years at least, you know. Thirty something years. Don't forget the sixties, the eighties. Into the nineties, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of time with one manager, but yeah, um, that was like a marriage. Loved her, pardon me. That that was like a marriage, you know, to stay together that long with someone. Yeah, because you know, Sally never talked about money. You never heard her talk about any any can. You know, her husband mm-hmm. don't bear little rest in peace. Mm-hmm. You know, he used to. Handle everything to you know with the with the settlements at the end of the night and you know, pay for okay. for Sally, so getting her here, getting her there, you know, getting on a plane uh, on time, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. you know, that takes a lot. That's a lot of credit goes to that man as well, you know. So okay. Ralph, uh, he had a lot of love, but this is the music industry, and uh, things like that happen. You could be with someone, you know, for a long time and mm-hmm. other people come and uh, persuade them to go in a different direction and um, they, they, they move move on from that person that, 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 that spent his life, mm-hmm. his professional life trying to create the superstar that we know today. Uh, he didn't get the credit at the end, uh, but uh, Sony got the credit in the media, and, and Gloria got the credit. Uh, but yes, that's uh, that's uh, you know part of the uh, part of the history that I know of, of, of behind the scenes of what happened with Shelly. But uh, nevertheless, you know it didn't matter. You know people don't think about a manager; they think about the artist. So uh, right. I really know what was happening, and you know Ralph didn't make it up. An issue, um, you know. He said, "Well, you know, that was, you know, her decision, and he was sad about it." But uh, that hurt him a lot, you know. And uh, and then when Tito Puente passed away, that 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 hurt him a lot too, you know. I mean, that was mm-hmm. that was another big blow for for, for Ralph, and yeah, and that was they was point. like family members. Yeah, it was like they were older family members. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, Tito would have been a hundred. Uh, Ralph would have been eighty. I mean, Tito would have been a hundred years old here now in uh, in, uh, in, in April twentieth, and Ralph would have been eighty-one. Would have been eighty eighty-two years old in September twenty-eighth of, of, of this year. So, um, you know, this is uh, yeah. You know, they, they had a lot of years between them, so he looked up to both Seven and, and to Tito and. Uh, Celia, you know, Tito was gone. Then a few years later, and and Celia was gone. Even though he didn't have anything to, you know, to do with her career, it was still a big blow for him. Uh, and then he lost his label. You know, Ralph lost his label in 2002 um, to uh, to a, uh, a lawsuit against him by a, a songwriter 
who claimed that Ralph had committed a copyright infringement by not getting the synchronization rights for one of his works. That's one song uh, that was put on a mm-hmm. on a documentary uh, that was called uh, The Song a la Salsa. They had so many different artists on there. So two artists in particular sang this particular song. And uh, Ralph, you know, they thought it was a great song. So um, everybody said, yeah, let's do it. But the songwriter was giving Ralph a, a hard time, you know, uh, defying over the the rights. And, uh, and he kept on, you know, putting the price higher and higher and higher and higher. And Ralph, I don't know what happened, but Ralph's lawyer uh, screwed that one up big time. And uh, Ralph had to sell his label, RMM Records and Tropic Jazz Records. I was the head of Tropic Jazz Records. Um, for a while, and I had worked the West Coast. Uh, all the artists on the label while I was in the West Coast for five years uh, for RMM Records, which is a salsa label. And uh, I had gotten an offer back in 1994 for that label for $30 million from University mm-hmm. of CEO Zach Horowitz. And, um, I, but, you know, we had the meeting with, with Ralph flew into LA and we had the meeting with Zach, and uh, from that meeting, he decided he was going to, you know, sell the label for $30 million. He wanted to do something universal. And uh, my uh, the benefit to me from that was uh, to be relocated from L.A. to New York to run the Tropic Jazz label for him. And I accepted, you know, but uh, then from there I went out to another job and in, uh, in, with a company out of Paris uh, that had a trade show, a uh, music industry trade show called Midem, M-I-D-E-M, in, in the south of France every year. And I, when they hired me, they had been doing that event for 55 years, and they wanted to do a Latin America and Caribbean trade show in Miami. Uh, and so they hired me to do that, and I spoke to Rob. He said, well, hey, this is a great opportunity go. And I did that, and then I came back to Ralph after that was over in 2000. Uh, uh, and I, I was working with Tito before he passed, and then we started doing other things. But uh, you know, I was uh, to lose that label to in a, in a federal auction, uh, in a federal court, for $19 million. The same people, Universal Music, bought that catalog. They had offered $30 million. So, so you know, the way things happen in life, you never know. But that's a true story. I can tell you that the person that he put to be in charge of RMM and the West Coast was an old friend of his from Casablanca Records. And uh, you're going to see that movie out soon, I think, about Casablanca Records. And he wasn't the right person. He also was responsible for Ralph uh, getting sued uh, because he was... Uh, he was the one that had the green light whether that project should be released or not. It should have never been released. And, uh, he was responsible, him and the lawyer. And Ralph's uh, demise came from from two people, and, so, and the songwriter, obviously. And so wow. I, that was sad. But you know, Sandy, you know, getting back to Sandy, Sandy was always very gracious. You know, I remember when they gave her uh, they, they had a wax figure, you know. I, I was working in, in L.A. at the time for the label. And so I had a, a company here to this event at, uh, at uh, Madame Tussauds uh, 
wax museum on, on Hollywood Boulevard. And so uh, when she went to, to see this wax figure of her, you know, she, she was like so impressed, you know, she said, oh, my God, it looks so beautiful. <laughs> and uh, you know, she was a little older, obviously, at the time, you know, so, but they had a, a wax figure was of a young set of crews. And um, it, I, it, it's still there, you know. Uh, and so that, that those are some great moments. Uh, she got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame during that time. This is all during Ralph's, uh, uh, you know, uh, management, of, uh, you know, that uh, these things happen. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a shame that uh, the relationship ended up like that. But uh, he did love her a lot to, to put on a, a lot of energy and uh, priority into uh, gaining that respect for her that she deserved then and afterwards. So uh, kudos to the late, great salsa music promoter, empresario, Ralph Mercado. Uh, may he rest in peace. Yes. Uh, well, we're going to get back to some more Sally Cruz. Uh, here we go.
En Cuba nació lo que conocemos como la salsa. Y Cuba dio al mundo a la máxima expresión de nuestra música para propagar con orgullo lo que es la música de nuestro pueblo. Dios nos trajo a la primera dama de la salsa, la guaranchera del mundo, Celia Cruz.
Celia Cruz.
All righty, we are listening to Cecilia Cruz, Queen of Salsa Music, and this is Women's History Month, and we have Eddie Rodriguez with us, and you are listening to the Truth to Power Show with Eddie Rodriguez and Beverly. Mm-hmm. 
All righty, Eddie. Oh, my God, that was a great set. Uh, we started <laughs> off with an incredible um, number there by uh, um, the Wow, I just said uh, we had two Puerto Rican superstars on there uh, by the name of uh, Humberto Santa Rosa and uh, the great uh, Andy Montañez, uh, along with Celia Cruz, two Cuban uh, singers, uh, Celia Cruz and uh, Olga Guillot. Um, we had some guest artists uh, that we heard on that number. It was a live show. Uh, we heard Nesta Torres on on flute, and we heard uh, Arturo Sandoval on trumpet. Uh, you know, once again, you know, this was to, to, to um, just display the, the camaraderie uh, that Sally had with, you know, Cubans and Puerto Ricans. Uh, unfortunately, with one of the uh, singers on that um, on that track, um, Andy Montañez, uh, he suffered the wrath of the uh, Cuban exile community in Miami uh, when he went to visit uh, Cuba and um, um, was with uh, Cuban uh, groups that uh, that exile community in Miami didn't uh, didn't particularly agree with their uh, with their still being in Cuba and everything from their point of view was going to Fidel Castro and his regime and his uh, tyrannical uh, government, uh, communist uh, uh, government. And um, uh, there was a protest in Miami where they took all of Andy Montañez's CDs and they burned them in the streets of uh, little, uh, little Cuba, which is La Calle Ocho. Um, because he went to travel to Cuba to sing with, uh, you know, as a, you know, it's just a creative uh, perspective from his point of view and nothing to do with politics. But once again, the exile community in Miami was just, uh, in, they were just so upset at Andy Montañez that he, he was uh, slated to perform at some festivals in Miami and they, they canceled him, and then they took his CDs and they burned them in the street. Uh, just to show you how, you know, that Miami uh, Cuban exile community at that time, uh, where their thinking was at, anything, anything that had to do with Cuba in the 90s and 80s and 90s, they were just so, uh, uh, you know, angry at anyone that, that went and did anything to Cuba. As a matter of fact, I I was involved with a uh, a music industry trade show in Miami um, in the nineties um, with the company that I was working for uh, out of Paris, uh, and uh, we invited uh, during that trade show. It was a three day event uh, at the Miami Beach Convention Center called Meet Them Latin America and Caribbean. It was to a rendezvous point for all the music industry executives and owners of uh, record labels and publishing companies and CD manufacturers at that time, or, uh, artists, so they can rendezvous and they can share um, they can, you know, their music with other countries uh, and conduct business, which was licensing the music to other countries so, so they can have the rights to... Um, to be able to distribute and, and uh, 
market the music from different countries. So um, the French are not into the politics of the human exile community. So they invited the group that was the biggest group at the time from Cuba that was touring the world except the United States. And the name of that group was the Buena Vista Social Club. Which was a big, big deal in the Latin community and the Latin and the jazz community and the Cuban music aficionados, Americans or Latin, that um, were uh, attracted to that style of music. And these were old men. They were in the 80s and the 90s. And um, I was at an event um, to honor a Julio Iglesias. Uh, he became the man of the year, so I was at his event. And then I went to the convention center, you know, to, to see the show. And when I walked in, when I was walking, there were pickets. There was a picket line outside and, mm-hmm. you know, protest the Cuban musicians that were <laughs> and they were performing. And they were calling me a communist. They called me every name. It was not, things that I've never heard of, you know, thrown at me. Uh, and, and they were calling me every name in the book because I was involved with the organization putting the event together. And uh, when I'm walking in, um, there was a, a firebomb uh, uh, scare. They had to empty out the entire convention center be- because someone had called and said that they were going to blow up the con- the, uh, the convention center because these people were performing there. They got everyone out of there before the show started. And and when the show was already underway, they got everyone out of there. They had to bring the dogs in. And, you know, they had to be able to make sure that there was no uh, bomb in there. And so uh, they finally uh, let everyone, you know, come in, uh, you know, after they did their their, uh, sweep of of uh, of the area. And determined there was no bomb there. Uh, and when the people came back in, I, I had gone in, I was with the musicians, and they couldn't understand what, what was happening. You know, they said, wow, you know, we don't understand how this is something so someone could, um, you know, have a bomb scare, you know, for our performance. And mm-hmm. so they went uh, back on stage. And Compay Segundo, who was already in his 90s already, uh, Famous spoke. He was one of the big famous um, composers and uh, musicians uh, of Cuba, of the traditional sound of Cuba, which is um, son, the somontuno, which is the music that is known as the traditional music of Cuba. And um, before he started, he said, You know, I'm not here. I don't know how this happened or why this is happening in Spanish, obviously. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, we are not uh, here to get involved with politics. We don't want anybody to, to uh, you know, do anything or live anywhere that they don't want to live. But we happen to live in Cuba, and that's where our families are. And that's why we made a choice to stay there, not because of anything political. And... Um, we're sorry to hear that that people here uh, people here are against us just for being um, for living somewhere 
that our families are and our, our roots are. Um, so um, besides that, you know, we came here to play music. So he said, so let's let's get on with the show. And they started, and they were incredible. They played with more, I think they played with more passion, you know, than, than they did uh, than they did, you know, before the incident happened. So. You know, it's 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 really something. You know that uh, uh, the exile community in Cuba has has no regard for for the, uh, the culture of music. In other words, politics is politics, music is music. And the most interesting thing about Miami, uh, because I went and did some research afterwards, I said, how could something like this happen when the F- Miami? You're talking about Miami. You're talking about Miami Beach. The FBI, mm-hmm. the CIA, the DEA. The uh, CID, which is the military um, uh, investigative unit, and uh, the Miami Police Department and the federal police, the the, uh, state police, they were all there. And uh, they couldn't figure out how to stop this. It didn't have been going on for years. And I was told by the politicians of Cuba, and I, I went to one of the politicians that I knew, I said, how could this happen? Say you know most of the people that are the, the ones that are in power in all those organizations here in Miami happen to all be Cuban, so you're not going to see this stop anytime soon. And so that was the, that was the state of Miami at that time. You know, I hope it's changed now. You know, we're talking about 20 years ago, and um, okay. I hope it's changed now because you know uh, the music has nothing to do with politics. It really doesn't, you know, unless you're a political, uh, you know, you're singing about the politics and, you know, that's a different story. But this was just so generic, you know, talking about, you know, they weren't singing about the government. But, you know, I'm just sharing this because I, I, I when I heard that, that you know, Andy Montañez, I, I recalled my own experiences in Miami and what they did to mm-hmm. him. Um and the next tune we heard after that was uh, uh, a dream of Ralph Mercado's um, a recipe of having um, a, a recording uh, with duets, um, you know. Um, and that particular uh, uh, composition uh, was uh, Sally Cruz and Oscar de Leon, who's from Venezuela. So they were performing. I was the promoter of the first salsa concert at the Hollywood Bowl in, in Los Angeles. And uh, Ralph had never thought of doing anything there, and I knew the contact there. I was friends with one of the people that was uh, his father was the director of the of the, of the LA Symphony Orchestra uh, and the Hollywood Bowl. So he uh, told me about how to do something during the pops season. In other words, when the Symphony or the Philharmonic was not performing at the bowl. And uh, okay. I spoke to Ralph about it. Said, "Hey, let's do it." You know, so uh, he got together with the, with the partners, and uh, we put together a show at the Hollywood Bowl called La Combinación Perfecta. And Tito Puente was there, Celia Cruz, Oscar De Leon, Mark Anthony, Naim, uh, every artist on the on the on the recording will perform that day. And lo and behold, out of nowhere arrives a VIP. His name is Marlon Brando. He wow. never came out, but when he heard the music and he heard Celia Cruz and Tito Puente were there, 
he came to the Hollywood Bowl to say hello. That was a big deal. <laughs> and that day we sold 13,000 tickets. The first Salsa concert Ooh. ever. Hollywood Bowl, and it was a huge success. And we never did it again, but uh, once again, that's how powerful the music is. And, um, you know, we were able to do that uh, um, during that time that Rafa Cato's vision, you know, was to do this tour worldwide, and, and he ended up doing that. And he, well, first it was the recording, then the tour. Um, then we heard Do Puente, uh, and uh, when we heard a, a song, uh, with Tito Puente and Celia Cruz uh, called Caramelo, uh, which was her hit, you know, when she was with Puente. And uh, before that, we heard another tune that she made famous on the Ironman label, Quere um, de Candela, which is uh, kind of a funny story, you know, <laughs> about, you know, for women, you know. You know to, mm-hmm. uh, she said, well, while, while, while the man is at home doing nothing, you know, you're out there working, and she said, you got to give him some heat, you know? <laughs> so it was kind of a beat and a great danceable uh, number, great arrangement. So besides that, you know, I, I got to tell you that it's a real honor to be, you know, with you tonight, really, because you know, you're from the African-American community. I'm from the, you know, Afro-Caribbean community, uh, Puerto Rican yeah. community at large. And, uh, you know, Latin music, the Dominican community, Colombian, you know, community, Venezuela, and all the countries that love our tropical salsa music. And uh, to be able to share this music with you and, uh, um, you know, just my, my experiences with some of these artists and some of the events that I've been there, you know, that I was there at the moment, I can share that with you. It's a real honor, and uh, I want to thank you for having me on tonight. And, um I'm looking forward to more uh, programs like this, but you know, celebrating Hispanic, not Hispanic, Women's History Month. Um, we Celia mm-hmm. Cruz as our, uh, as our honoree uh, during the last few weeks has been uh, has been a pleasure. Uh, so um, yeah, I hope people uh, search for Celia Cruz on YouTube. All this music that we have been uh, playing tonight is available on YouTube. Yeah, Cruz is a very easy thing to spell. C, like in Charlie, E, A, and Larry, I, I, A, Celia, A, Adam, Celia, Cruz, C, like in Charlie, R, Roger, U, Universe, V, Zebra. This is available on YouTube for all of your audience to go back and and look for her. And when they want to dance, you know, she's one of the best picks uh, for for the night. So, uh, besides that, yeah. I don't, I want to want to give away your, your all your information, give the audience your, uh, your information so they can call in or chat and make a comment or or um, look for the uh, blog, uh, you know, blogtalkradio. dot com forward slash truth to power, and yes. of course the chat that we have done in the past. Uh, Besides that, you have the call-in number. Yes, the call-in number is 323-642-1586. That's 323-642-1586. And push the number one if you uh, have a question or a comment or you want to talk to Eddie Rodriguez, 
who's uh, giving us a lot of good history. Uh, You've been in the music industry for a while, so we appreciate you coming and presenting the music to us and also giving us the history behind the music, and that's very important. So we appreciate that and appreciate you. You, Beverly, uh, come, being from Detroit and and uh, inviting us, um, inviting me to join you on this uh, on this journey, you know, to to uh, yes, the journey. I like spotlight music, and uh, besides that, the the incredible uh, uh, thing about what we're doing is that we're doing it live. It's unscripted. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on my iPhone. Yeah. You're in your you're in, you know you have a computer in your head. I've got my iPhone. Uh, I'm on my iPhone and computer. Yeah. And, we're doing it raw. Much, we're doing it raw. So, I mean, imagine if we were doing this in the studio. It would be incredible. But, oh. you know, it's a public service. This is a public service mm-hmm. program. We're not, we mm-hmm. don't get paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, no mm-hmm. paying us uh, to do this. And uh, we do this uh, for the community, um, you know, to educate yeah. and entertain. And uh, we hope the community is uh, appreciates what we're doing. And we'd like to hear from you uh, you can get in touch with me on LinkedIn, um, Eddie Rodriguez, Latin Works Music, uh, and send me a message. Uh, I'd be happy to to answer your questions and uh, and, your, uh, and you know see your comments about what we're doing. Uh, we have about a half hour left, um, and so uh, mm-hmm. once again, Beverly, this has been a great uh, night. I, I'm enjoying myself, and uh, and once again, thank you for um, opening the doors to people to learn and to listen uh, to some great artists uh, and their recordings and uh, my experience with them personally. Uh, I'm not a musicologist. I've been around for for, for almost 40 years in the Latin music industry, and uh, I've done uh, a lot, not only as a concert promoter, but as a record label executive and international licensing um, uh, executive um, and uh, you know I'm, I'm glad that and a manager as well uh, artist manager mm-hmm. so I'm glad to to be able to come to you uh, and and, uh, and join you uh, on these programs and next week we're gonna gonna spotlight Tito Puente may he rest in peace and his music and his legacy his uh, 100th year uh, birthday would have been on April 20th so we're going to spend the month uh, of April uh, sharing okay. the music stories of my experience with Tito Puente. And I also just want to say that, you know, this is an opportunity that you have someone that's been in the business for a, a while. And if you are uh, have talent out there, you ha- this is a way for you to get in touch with someone that knows the business here. So this is an opportunity for those out there that that has talent, that's looking to get into the business. Uh, Eddie uh, Rodriguez is still available. Uh, so this is, I would call, a major opportunity for someone out there. And you say they can reach you at, what is your LinkedIn again, Eddie? A link, LinkedIn, uh, Eddie Rodriguez, uh, Latin, L-A-T-I-N, 
works, W-O-R-K-S, music, M-U-S-I-C. Um, and, um, uh, yes, Eddie, you can also reach me by email, uh, Eddie Rod 213, E-V-V-I-E-R-O-D-213, at com. That's my personal account, and I'll, I'll go ahead and answer whatever question you have. Okay. Thank you. All right, we're going to get back to the famous Cecilia Cruz. Yeah. 
a cualquier tiempo, cualquier soledad, sin que la puedas controlar, toma forma de canción. Así es mi voz, que sale de mi corazón y volará, sin yo querer, por los caminos más lejanos, por los sueños que soñé, será el reflejo del amor, de lo que te tocó vivir, será la música de fondo, de lo mucho que sentí, oye mi son. Cualquier generación en el alma de tu gente, en el cuero del tambor, en las manos del conguero, en los pies del bailador. Yo viviré, como no? allí estaré, ahí nada más, en página con pasta, con tu rumba cantaré. Seré siempre lo que fui, con mi azúcar para mí. Yo viviré, yo viviré. amigos que dejé y cuántas lágrimas lloré, yo viviré para volverlos a encontrar y seguiré con mi canción bailando música caliente como bailo yo cuando suena una guaracha, cuando suena un guaguancó en la sangre de mi pueblo, en tu cuerpo estaré yo oye mi son, qué honor, mi viejo son tiene la clave de cualquier generación en el alma de mi gente en el cuero del tambor en las manos del ponguero en los pies del bailador yo viviré allí estaré mientras pase una comparsa con mi rumba cantaré seré siempre lo que fui con mi azúcar para ti yo viviré yo viviré
That is uh, Cecilia Cruz, and I want to thank you again, Eddie Rodriguez, uh, for joining us. We will be back again next week with Tico, and um, we're going to leave out with Cecilia Cruz. She did a uh, hip-hop album with White Cliff. Absolutely. That, that was good. Yeah. Well, you know something, but, you know, before the, the, the most famous song, I think I sent it to you um, by Celia, uh, but was called Carnaval, um, and uh, I don't know if you have that queued up, but uh, that was her most famous song, you know, before she passed, uh, and then uh, Bemba Colora, those two particular songs uh, were Emma Colora was a song that uh, she closed all of her concerts with, and uh, she was okay. so, you know, emotional, at, you know, during those that last number, you know, that Bemba Colora, uh, that, that, you know, I mean, it's uh, just, you know, that her her singing, you know, was coming from her heart, and she used to sing that at every show uh, that was her last number and that was her signature last number so if you could find okay. Carnaval, Carnaval uh, that I sent there uh, I, I told I think I mentioned that it was I had left it out and it was a very important uh, part of her you know her legacy because that was the biggest song that she had uh, uh, that was produced by the great uh, record producer um Isidro Infante, and the um, the opening of the song was uh, his creation. Uh, that's uh, the, the arrangement was of a ballad um, by a, an Argentinian a songwriter, and uh, the the opening, you know, the intro became uh, so famous. You know, unfortunately, you know, arrangers don't get credit for mm-hmm. their contribution. To, to a uh, to a song uh, or recording, uh, they get paid and it's a flat rate. Um, but uh, I'm wondering if you can find it for us there. I mean, you know, I, the White I, Club I, is what, what is the name of it? What's the name of it again? Carnival, 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 Carnival. Uh, because the White Club is kind of like a <clears throat> the White Club is, is incredible. You know, it's just like we heard Bamboleo. That was from the Gypsy Kings. Bamboleo. Then we heard uh, I Will Survive, that was Glory Gaynor. And she also okay. did some work with David David Byrne, the great uh, you know, alternative rock <clears throat> uh, singer, composer, writer, artist. Uh, she did a, uh, He did an album called Ray Momo. Uh, and um, you know, people like Wyclef, they, they gravitated to Sarah because she was the best in the okay. Latin music industry. But right. uh, but that said, uh, thank you once again. Better love to you and your audience, uh, Beverly. I'm looking forward to next week. And thank you once okay. again for allowing us to, uh, to bring you this music and uh, educating and entertaining uh, the, your audience. Uh, once again, I'm not. There's a lot of music of Sally Cruz uh, available. Yeah. Uh, we, we're, we're limited with time, so I just chose some that <clears throat> were interesting to talk about tonight. So. Thank you. Okay. Again. Now, and thank and thank you. Now, the, the song you said that she always ended up with was it the uh, Bama Korea or was it the yeah, Carnival? Yeah, Which one? Bama Colora. Should be Carnival the, and then uh, Bamba Colora yeah, to end the show. Okay. And, uh, the end of the show. That's what she is. Oh, she-
Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, All right. You have well, a good night. Well, thank um, you. Thank you. And, All right. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see you next week on Block Talk Radio. Okay. Yes. And better love, everyone. Better love. And thanks for listening. And so let's see. Where am I at here? I had it here. Let me pull it back up here again. Bear with me. This is live. This guitar player who fall in love with Guantanamera He fall in love with the wrong girl Cause Baracho Muchacho Had his eye on that muchacha And he wanted to turn her into a bad girl, man Oh, Baracho and his boys, they find the guitar player They hold him down They cut off his hand Guitar player will never play guitar again Why Cliff G, front center, you bailed out that was then. This is now. Welcome to the carnival. The arrival. Come on.
rolls in Spanish Harlem. Mama see the beg your pardon. Made steaks at a faster rate than she wanted. Good traits is genius. Got us for black Venus. Crash angry because they can't get between us. So don't flex beyond. Smooth complex beyond the lexicon of Lexington. Parents came from Cuba. Part Mexican. Pure sweet. Don fell to her feet. She like Movado. And shook her hips like Delgado. And broke down from the ground to Apollo. And then some. Took an accident to them some And waited patiently while the businessmen come All laid on purpose Got even politicians nervous And made plans to infiltrate the street secret service This gentle flower, fertility was the power Sweet persona, Venus, fly trap, prima donna Que sera, que sera, she turned the Nero to Janeiro. 